Welcome to the Sample Chapter Podcast, the show where authors read a sample chapter from one of their books. Here's your host, Jason A. Meiske. Welcome back to another episode of the Sample Chapter Podcast. Like the lovely lady said at the beginning, yes, I am your host, Jason A. Meiske, back again. It is another week and another author lined up for you with another fantastic story to tell. Uh, Let me just start off with a little thank you once again. As always, I want to thank Podcast Garden. Podcastgarden.com is the place to go when you're looking for other podcasts, other shows. You can search by category, search by type. Uh, They have a whole range of shows on there to find. If you're interested in starting your own show, podcastgarden.com will let you start for free. So hop on over and check them out. If you are interested in contacting us, if you have a question, if you would like to suggest an author, if you are an author and you have a book that's published that's out there, contact us. Let us know. Our email is samplechapterpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can hop on over to Sample Chapter Podcast at Facebook. Give us a big like so that, that way you can stay on top of news all the time. Send us a message on there. Um, you know, post a question. And we'll, we'll be sure to get right back to you. So I'm very excited for this week's guest. We have our very first young adult author. Uh, G.A. Edwards is our, is our guest. And she writes young adult suspense. She also writes some children's books that she's, she's got working on. She also is going to be coming up real soon in a romance anthology. And once that comes out, I'll make sure and post a link to that so you can find that. Miss Edwards has one of the craziest schedules uh, that, I, that I know. She is a retired school teacher, although she probably teaches as much or more than she did when she was a full-time teacher. <laughs> She's filling in right now as a, as a teacher for the rest of the semester. Uh, she does some tutoring. She is a group leader at uh, at one writing group. She attends another writing group. She is a speaker. I mean, the woman does all kinds of stuff. Not only is she doing all that, but she has also created a local writing conference. You know, it's for aspiring authors and well, for authors of all levels, really. You're going to hear about this in the interview, but it's just one another one of those things that just is a testament to how busy she is and what a great person she is as well you know how much she wants to reach out and help other authors and yet she somehow finds time to write her first book mirror images has been doing very well and is always a big big seller at regional book signing events Uh, this is something that's trending upward and and i believe will continue to do so with the release of her second book explosive charges which will be book two in her Madison Murders, which is the ongoing story of the uh, characters from the first book, and she's been uh, she's been doing very well with lots of things. She's actually a big influence for me. Uh, the uh, the writing group that she does lead is actually a local one, so that's how I how I've come to know her. Uh, she keeps me in line, keeps me on track, so that way I can get my book out there. Uh, because you know I I would like to eventually <laughs> come on my own show and. Get put my book out there, but uh, as always, you know, my rule is the book must be published. It must be out there for sale. So until my book is out there, I guess uh, you guys ain't going to get to hear it. You know, there's pros and cons to all of this. So, hey, speaking of books being published, before we get over to G.A. Edwards, don't forget, if you go out, you get yourself a book that you find that you really like, don't forget to go and leave a review. 
Amazon, Goodreads, whatever. Something I do. I will go to Goodreads first because if it's an ebook, uh, you know, as soon as you're done, boom, it pops up with the window saying, would you like to rate it and write a review right now? Yes, do it right then. You can fill that out. And then here's the secret. Okay, you ready for this? Copy that. Go over to Amazon, get the book pulled up, and then leave a review on there, and then you paste your review. Now, yeah, you got headlines. You can put a headline on it. You got to, you know, some things are a little bit different in Amazon than what they are on Goodreads. But now you've just done that author a huge favor by giving them not only a, a review on Goodreads, it's a very popular format, but Amazon especially. I mean, that that's the number one bookseller out there, you know. So you go in there and you leave them a review. That's going to help people around the world see what this book is about and how well it was liked so don't forget to do that you know that's it's a it's a huge thing you know if you do find a book because of this show I would consider it a huge favor for you to mention in your review that I found this book because of the sample chapter podcast or thanks to Jason sample chapter podcast you know, I, you know use your own words you know don't, don't let me tell you what to say <laughs> but uh, anyway so I've talked enough. Let's go ahead and get on over to G.A. Edwards, and uh, you guys will get to hear all about what she's got going on. She's got a motto that you're going to hear in this, but uh, I love this. I think it actually fits in with the show very, very well. Her motto is sharing the joys of writing one word at a time. That's beautiful. I love it. Let's go talk to her. What do you say? Okay, and here we are today with G.A. Edwards. Uh, she is a young adult suspense writer, and uh, we're going to dive right in. So, hello, Miss Edwards. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you? Not too bad. Thank you for coming. All right. Well, thank you for this opportunity. I look forward to talking to people about my work. So, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. I am a retired English teacher. I taught speech and drama for 26 years and English. I've taught um, middle school through high school. And when you're a teacher, you get to retire at number of years rather than age. So I got to retire when I was 48. That was a few years ago. I'm married and I have four children and I have four grandchildren and I spend a lot of time spoiling my grandchildren. And um, I still substitute teach for a variety of subjects. Right now I'm doing a long-term substitute till the end of the school year in English, and it's good to get back in the saddle and enjoy the time with the teens. <laughs> yeah, that's something we have in common. We both have four kids. We both have four grandkids. Yes. Your schedule with all that is really crazy. Uh, you do the, the teaching. Uh, you've got some tutoring. Um, you, I know you lead a, uh, a local group. Which one thing, uh, for the people out there listening, uh, Goldie is our leader for our, the, the local writers group that I'm a part of. That's how we met, and she's our group leader. She also is part of another group. Uh, how do you find time to fit all of this and some writing in? Scheduling. Um, I, and as always, I would like to fit in more time for writing because <laughs> I do enjoy some other things. You know, when I retired, I thought, okay, how do I want to spend my time? I was in... A good enough financial situation that we wouldn't starve so I thought all right what's important to me so family is important to me and I, I make a really good attempt to spend time with my grandkids because when I was a teacher I didn't get to spend as much time with my own children 
because I was busy teaching. Another thing is when it came to writing, I thought very seriously about how do I want to present, I guess, what would be my special gifts when it comes to writing and speaking because I don't run, uh, I'm not the best cook, but I'm pretty good at writing and speaking and teaching writing. So um, I came up with my motto, which is sharing the joys of literature one word at a time. And I do a lot of scheduling to go speak for schools. I present for preschool kids in costumes and really bad hats. I teach writing to a variety of ages. And um, I do some speaking in the public in general. And so basically it just comes down to target your priorities and then go from there. And that's the best advice I have for that. Do you find yourself waking up early and doing some writing, or do you stay up late, or do you just kind of fit it in where you can? I, I don't wake up early. Well, I do wake up early, but <laughs> I don't write. I usually write in the middle of the day, and then sometimes I go ahead and write in the evening. I do like to stay up late. You know, pretty much everybody else is asleep. The cat's not bothering me at that point, so I just sit and write at that point. <laughs> And among everything else that you're doing, you also have started uh, our own conference. How did that come about? Well, just writing in general, I was we live in Warrensburg, which is in the rural community. And for everything that I was doing to work with other writers, I was having to go to the city, which is fine, but it's over an hour away. And I knew that there were a lot of writers here. We used to have another writing group, but the leader passed away. And so there'd been kind of a lull. So I decided to kind of bring that back. So that's where it started with Writers of Warrensburg. Here's our plug. We meet two times a month on the first and third Tuesdays. And out of that came the idea of a conference because I thought there's so many great writers and we bring them in a few times as um, guest speakers, but I thought let's do, let's do a day of it. So on June 9th, this will be our third annual Writers of Warrensburg workshop. And I get writers from a variety of genres with a variety of skill sets and they come talk about writing craft, marketing and publishing and it's a big success. We could make it bigger but we purposely keep it kind of small so that when you're there you're not one-on-one -on -one with the writers but really close. We do critique and so that's kind of how that all came about. Mm -hmm. it, it's a very intimate setting yes. with the, uh, the guest authors, the teachers that are coming in. It's been fantastic. Uh, I was at one many, many years ago for children's writing, and that was very business-like. Mm -hmm. And you're hustled from one classroom down the hall to another classroom to an auditorium at a hotel, and it was it was okay. Right. I mean, it was my first conference, so that was fun, but you know, it was an experience. So your conference is totally different, a great experience. Well, one <laughs> one thing I think is important is. In order to be a writer, having a community of writers it makes a difference in how you do it. it. It improves your writing. It keeps you motivated. When I first started writing, I had the opportunity to go to the Romance Writers of America National Conference. And as silly as this sounds, I can remember sitting there in that room full of all these writers and you know listening to different people. And I really had a moment of, this is what I've been missing. This is where I belong. And so when it came to doing something in my own hometown, I thought, that's what we need. We need a community where writers belong. Mm -hmm. And we are lucky in Warrensburg that we have a variety of opportunities. There is another critique group through the college. We have something called Old Durham Mike Night, where writers and performers and artists are allowed to come and share 
um, some of their work. And then we have a college here, University of Central Missouri, and we have a lifelong learners program where they do some writing on different types. Our bookstores are very helpful. They do a lot of book signings. And uh, we even have a, something called First Friday where some of the artists, both writers and then more of a painting type thing, share their work once a month. So we're building that community. Yeah, that's fantastic. See, if this was a video thing right now, then you, everybody would see me just grinning from ear to ear with, with all the wonderful things in this community, That's how it's been growing and, and all, and, and a lot of it very much because of uh, Miss Edwards and, and the efforts that she puts into it. So, your book Mirror Images, which is a young adult novel, how do you write a believable young adult novel? I think, in my case, it helps because I actually like and admire teenagers, which Sometimes it's shocking to people. Now, I'm going to tell you, I had my own teenagers, and I didn't always like and admire them quite as much all the time. But um, I do admire teenagers because I feel like many of them face a lot of things in life, and they don't get credit for that. Because not only are they going to school and trying to build up their resume to decide their future, but they aren't in control of what happens to them outside of their lives. And sometimes, you know, they have a lot of things going on. When it came to trying to write so they would understand it, I just thought back to the thousands of conversations I've heard and their dichotomy of absolute silliness and seriousness all at the same time. And that's what I tried to include in my book. <laughs> I like that. Now, how do you find your voice for speaking their language and not to, as an adult, not to speak down to them? Where, where it, because I, I read your book and, and I really enjoyed it, and it all it always felt like like I was reading a, um, a young adult's thoughts, a, a middle grade, high school, that this is what they were thinking, not what an adult thinks that they think. How did you get that voice? I think you know that with years of teaching, I kind of had to learn their language to connect with them. But another thing that I did that was really helpful to me is when I had my manuscript done. I went and I included teens as my beta readers, and so I actually gave them uh, the manuscript, and they helped me. And we talked, and I, you know, I talked with them what what is working, what isn't working. There's a thing in there about kissing, and some of my students were like, "We're not that lame," and uh, <laughs> one other kid said, "Yes, yes, we are." And uh, but having the teen beta readers was really helpful to me to try and learn to to put it in a way that they liked it. That's great. That's, that's very smart. So what are we working on next? Um, I'm getting ready in the summer to publish the second book in the Madison Murder series. By the way, I, I write about murdering people, but <laughs> the message is that is wrong. That's part of the suspense. <laughs> and um, it's called Explosive Charges, and it takes place in the same town. I always try to have a social issue in my book. So in the first book, Mirror Images, my two main characters, one of them is bipolar, and so I wanted to include what it's like to, one, be a teen and be bipolar, and two, his brother is a caregiver, what it's like to be a caregiver for someone in that situation. So in the second book, my issue has to do with farming, which sounds a little strange, but um, we have a lot of farmers who go down through their family and they pass the farm on. That's changing some. But what if you don't want to be the next in line and how to deal with, you know, family roles and expectations of your parents if you're 
your expectations don't match up. Okay. So that's explosive charges is next. All right, fantastic. Uh, now, how can people find you online? I do have a web page, and it's ga edwards1 at wordpress.com. I'm on Amazon and a variety of the places where you can buy a book, and you just look up ga edwards, and it will take you there. I also am on Facebook under ga edwards. I try to post some things there, share some funny things, share some good writing advice, ask a few questions, see what everybody else is working on and thinking about. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Yeah, and you also post a lot on the uh, the Wow Group that we have, uh, I do. which there's a uh, our own private one that we we get to communicate on and share things with, and then there's the public one and 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 that's open to uh, most people, right? It, it it is. Writers of Warnsburg is what the name of it is, and it is open. You just do a search for it, and it'll come up, and you'll see a picture of a dog statue wearing glasses reading my book. Um, <laughs> We're famous for Old Drum, which is a, a famous trial about a dog. So I included that in our, our little photo. Oh, that's a great plug, though. I, did, yeah, I, I didn't catch that the first couple of times I saw the picture, and then I yeah. got to looking at it one day, and I thought, hey, that's Goldie's book. Well, someone asked me, they're like, why are they reading your book? And I said, because I control the copyright so I can put it in a picture. <laughs> that's brilliant. Yeah. Well, tell us a little bit about the book that we're going to hear today and the, uh, the chapter that you, uh, you would like to read. Okay. This first book is Mirror Images, and it is actually, I used to live in a smaller town near Warrensburg, and it is actually set in that town, so there are certain things in there when I talk about the fair and the parade and all those types of things that uh, show up in the book. Also, I have a lot of different characters, and it still makes me laugh every time when people come to me and say, um, I know which one I am in your book. <laughs> and Truthfully, none of them are exactly anyone in my book, but I did, you know, still characteristics. As far as the book, like I said, I wanted to have a social issue, and then I wanted to have suspense. When I started doing suspense, there was a lot of fantasy, which I like fantasy books, but it didn't seem like there was anything like the old Lois Duncan books, I Know What You Did Last Summer, and things like that. And I also wanted to have a male protagonist, because as a teacher, I, I knew that there Unless you are doing sports or fantasy, there weren't a lot of male protagonists. And I didn't always think there were a lot of believable teen male protagonists. So that's where I went with this book. Basic story is that there are small girls who are being drowned in the town. It also has to do with the pluses of living in a small town, which include, you know, if you ever need something, there's always someone there to help you. But there's also the disadvantage of there's a lot of gossip and one thing that teens are always accused of is bullying, and it does happen. But I also felt like a lot of adults bully, and they get away with it. And that gossip and turning against people was something I wanted to highlight in the book and suggest some ways to deal with that. Mm-hmm. I'm the stepmother of twins, and I included twins in the book, which I realize you know happens quite a bit. But I wanted to show that special relationship they have, and my twins are not identical twins, but they are identical. They look exactly alike. And I just noticed some quirks about twins. One thing is if I would look at one and say, you have nice blue eyes, they would not look in the mirror like most of us. They would look at the other twin and uh, <laughs> because they knew that that one looked just like them. So I tried to include some of those quirks in there. <laughs> That's great. 
in the uh, in the what are we uh, what's the chapter we're going to hear about today? I'm actually going to start with the first chapter, and at the beginning of each chapter, I did something that I truthfully borrowed from another author in format, not not work in format. They had blurbs at the beginning of each chapter, which came from different perspectives of people in the town or in the mm. book, and in this case, sometimes the killer. So you got to see in their minds and what they were thinking about it. Then I start the chapter, and the chapter is actually the story of these two boys. I start with the blurb, and then I'm going to do chapter one. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, thank you so much for being here today. And uh, when Explosive Charges comes out, can we can get you back on the show? We'll uh, highlight that book as well. I'd love to come back always. Fantastic. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe come June 9th, I'll get to do a, an episode from the uh, the WOW conference, and uh, I'll uh, just kind of have all kinds of authors on here. We'll just do a super show or something like That'd that. That'd be great. That'd so, be awesome. Well, thank you so much for being here. And ladies and gentlemen, G.A. Edwards with her book, Mirror Images. Well, this one's harder to kill than the others. You would think a skinny little first grade girl wouldn't be so hard to drown. I mean, really. Usually I just give them a good crack to the head with a rock, smear a little blood on the dock or the pool's edge to make it look like an accident, and roll her into the water. None of this fighting to the top stuff. And I can't wait around forever. The sun's coming up and I need to get home before I'm missed. Time to take the plunge. Literally. The killer. Chapter 1. Smack. I pitch forward and the weed trimmer goes wild. One, two, three, four, decapitations. A floral carnage of Mrs. Bryant's prize-winning dahlias. I straighten up, hit the kill switch, yank my earplugs out by the cord, and spin around, ready to do battle with whatever unknown foe has shoved me forward. All I see is my identical twin brother Max sprawling on his knees before me, cradling something in his hands. Max, what the... I reach forward to pull him up. A streak of blood marks his cheek. I jerk him the rest of the way up. How could he get blood on his face while driving a riding lawnmower? The blade's on the bottom. Oh, crap. Max, what? Tiny rivets of blood drip between the fingers of his cupped hands. I unclip the weed trimmer and toss it to the side. Probably not the best idea, since it's an expensive investment for our lawn business. But panic does that. Frantic, I grab in the direction of Max's hands to search for the source of the blood or possible missing digits. He leans away. I'm, I'm sorry, Marty, I tripped. Where are you hurt? I demand, checking behind him to see if our old riding lawnmower is still upright. It is. It, it's not me, Marty. Let me see. I try again to force his hands open to see the wounds. I'm only three minutes older, but I always act as if I'm the guy in charge, and usually Max allows it. It's not my blood. It's a baby bunny. I ran over it. He gestured with his clasped hands and a few drops of blood fling toward me. What? I ask, still trying to count his fingers. It's the bunny. The others ran off. Max's voice quavers. I cut this one with the mower blade. Max's dark hair, so much like my own, is plastered down on his forehead and hanging over his coffee brown eyes. It's already so steamy this morning, I'm not certain if the liquid glistening on his cheeks is sweat or tears from being soft-hearted when it comes to hurt animals. Crap, Max. I draw my hands back and wipe at the drops of blood on my jeans. A stupid rabbit? I thought you cut off your finger or a piece of metal from the mower impaled you. I rage with relief and repeat. Crap. Usually I'm pretty going, but fear brings out my mean side. Max waits until I get control of myself. 
After 15 and a half years as brothers, he knows I bluster when I get agitated. And then he says softly, There's a big cut on its side, Marty. Max peers fretfully down at his cupped hands. He opens them enough I can see the bunny's tiny face peeking out even as its blood drips to the ground. With its body shuddering, this panting bunny is the very definition of pitiful. I soften. He's awfully small. He probably won't make it. I know. Max sucks in a ragged breath and gives me a look of hope. You know the kind. It's the one where puppies and little kids give someone when they believe you're just the person to make their dreams come true. The look that always makes my chest ache because I've learned that the world isn't all happy smiles, bright sunshine, or getting to use an action replay in all of your favorite video games. Too many bad things have happened to good people, like our dad. Do you think if I take him over to Dr. Grimaldi that he can stitch him up? This is Max at his essence, always willing to help out. You would think that since my twin and I began in the same egg sac and our DNA lined up in genetic perfection, that our personalities would be the same. We do have the similar facial features. We have tall, rangy builds and our voices that sound alike and, you know, that people expect from the identical twins. But our personalities, not so much. It isn't that I'm the heartless twin or anything, but I worry more about practical issues of our health and survival, like always making sure Max is okay, or how much money we won't be making if yard work isn't done before the garden club ladies show up at 11. There aren't that many job opportunities in a small town for two teenage guys who aren't old enough to drive. With our dad dead, our family struggles on just one income. We don't need an injured bunny to cause our mowing and trimming business, twin cuts, to get a reputation for being unreliable. Both of us are setting aside enough money to buy insurance when we get our licenses next spring. I also have it in my mind to put aside some cash toward future college costs. But I care more about Max and his healthy state of mind than cash, cars, or college. It may cause a time crunch to get our work completed on time, but Operation Save the Bunny is a go. Sometimes it plain sucks to be the responsible one in the Jameson twindom. Just go, but get back here as quickly as you can. I sigh. I mean that. You have to hurry this time. Max nods and then carefully lopes off toward the vet's office a couple of blocks away. Nobody there will be surprised to see Max show up with an injured animal. He's been like a magnet for them ever since we were kids. Being 15 in a few months hasn't changed Max's soft heart or his need to help others of all species. I turn and pick up the weed trimmer to inspect it for damage. It's fine, but the top flower beds need to be taken to the mulch bucket on the cart we tow behind the mower. Reaching the cart, I set the weed trimmer down, toss the flowers, and stretch the bottom of my shirt up to mop at the sweat covering my face. A quick sniff to my underarm confirms that I smell rank. Nothing I can do about that now, so I grab my water jug. I swish the cool water around in my mouth, spit, and then drink deeply. Only nine in the morning and already scorching. That's Missouri in late July. Hot, humid, and hotter than the other H word, not fit for polite company. Ever wondered if the old cliche about it being so hot outside you could fry an egg on the pavement is a real possibility? It is, on days like today when it's 100 degrees above, even in the shade. My friend Billy actually ate an egg in fifth grade. At least when school starts in a few weeks, I'll be able to watch my classmates eating nasty things in the nice, cool, air-conditioned cafeteria. With my break almost over, I put my sunglasses back on and peer around the Bryant's property. It's a nice one, really nice. The big house is surrounded by other big houses and it sits on a small lake dotted with personal docks holding boats or wave runners or both, way out of my family's lower middle income class. 
I smile when I look across the lawn next door. Some college-aged guy hobbles barefooted toward the long ramp leading to the swimming dock. His shorts hang well before his waist, his hair sticking up all over, and he's holding his head up at a weird angle like it weighs too much. I'll go out on a limb and guess that hangover guy somehow hopes a dip in the lake will give him some relief. I sigh again, wishing I had time for a quick swim. A night spent swimming and partying with friends might be good, too. Of course, the person I would really like to enjoy some time with is Kayla Gallagher. Normally, just my best friend, and we both spend a lot of time in the summer hanging out at the public beach on the other side of the lake. But this year, I have mowing jobs, and she's busy at the Community Activity Center teaching crafts to kids. I can always count on Kayla to be fun, loyal, and not afraid to punch me in the arm when I say something jerky. I miss her. Probably more than I should miss someone I say is just a friend. Smack. I swat impatiently at a tiny sweat bee that has taken advantage of my brief break to sting my forearm. Better get moving. I shove in my earplugs, rev up the weed trimmer, and try to get my mind off the only thing that heats me up more than hard work in the summer sun. Kayla. Mother's nature's given it her best to be the hottest thing this summer, but the truth is she's got nothing in her weather arsenal to compare to the heat generated by the sight of Kayla in a bikini. Maybe it's the earplugs or my preoccupation with someone's swimwear that prevents me from hearing hangover guy screams for help a few minutes later. But it's the blowing dust from the police cars and an oncoming sporadic piercing whine of the ambulance that are my first clues to a problem next door. Before I can get around the corner of the house to get a closer look at the dock where the action seems to be, I notice Max running full out across the lawn toward me. Is he trying for a heart attack in this heat? He comes in for an awkward stop, gasp, and asks, Are you okay? He flings his hair out of his eyes and looks me over. The sirens. I'm fine. Take a breath, bro. I wait for the American Beauty rose red color on his face to turn to the softer compassion variety shade. Yeah, I've been reading the little labeling tags in those rose beds while I work. I thought you needed help. It's next door, Max. Come on. Let's go see what's going on. We turn and walk closer. Nope, no police bust of any kind to observe, but there's something. Something bad enough to make me wish I hadn't left my house this morning. Hangover guy from next door found something floating in the lake. A someone. And while it's still possible, Max's mission to save the bunny may succeed. Hangover guy's operation? Save the drowning girl? It's a failure from the get-go. She's dead. And that was G.A. Edwards reading the first chapter from her book, Mirror Images. The book is available online in ebook format everywhere that books are sold. If you're looking for a physical copy, make sure you're following her uh, on her online presence. Uh, she'll make sure and update any upcoming author events that she'll be at. Uh, that way you can get yourself a signed copy. Uh, I'll make sure and share these events too as they come near. Hey, make sure that you like us, rate us, wherever it is that you are listening. Tell all your friends about us, and uh, we'll talk to you again real soon. Thanks for coming, everybody. Bye.